As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, welcome to our multiverse. We're excited you're joining us for our new parody comedy series, Superhero Diaries. Hello, this is Batman. Well, sort of. I mean, I'm not one of those actors who gets to play all your favorite superheroes in movies and TV. I guess you would say I'm a parody version of The Dark Knight. Anywho, me and some of my super friends have decided to tell you what we're really thinking when we are doing all those crime-fighting, earth-saving, multiverse-hopping kind of stuff. We will reveal what's behind the mask. Our most private thoughts. Like, who's our secret superhero crush? Gotta go. Girl talk. We have to deal with real-life issues just like you. I mean, how does Spider-Man pee when he's wearing his Spidey onesie? It rides up in the crotch a little bit, too. Does Aquaman talk to fish before he eats them? What is the Hulk's critical review of Wonder Woman 84? And most confounding of all. Someday she just can't get rid of a bomb. How does a guy like me, with no superpowers, get through the week without getting killed every other day? All will be revealed when Superhero Diaries takes off on February 9th. Subscribe now, true believers! It was a day unlike any other. Final exams. The hero Invincible sat at his desk, ready to supply all he knew to the Scantron. It was then that a disturbance could be heard on the roof of the school, and without much suspense, the villain Carnage drops through the ceiling, ready to claim even more victims. Invincible swiveled up out of his chair and took the symbiote in his gaze. Today will be the day I fell a monster, he thought to himself, as he lowered his head and put himself directly into harm's way. It's teen hero versus serial killer. It's the half Viltrumite versus the Red Slayer. It's Invincible versus Carnage today on Who Would Win? And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the worlds of comic book, sci-fi, and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gabsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, 
Ray's Sicanus. Ray, you know, today's battle is very intriguing. You have Invincible from Image Comics and the new animated series from Amazon, of course. And by the way, Image happens to be one of my, I should say Invincible happens to be one of my favorite comic book characters of all time. You've got him going up against Carnage, a super powerful opponent of Spider-Man's who has cemented himself kind of as the, uh, one of the most brutal villains in all of Marvel Comics. So, of course, I had to do the patented who would win Google test to kind of see who's already talked about this. And lo and behold, no one has yet again. Who would win is the first to bring this matchup to light. Ray, give me your thoughts on today's matchup. I absolutely adore this matchup. I was a fan of Invincible Comics since issue number one hit the shelves when I was already into this thing called The Walking Dead, uh, written by Robert Kirkman, obviously. And you'll get into a lot of this backstory later. But I have a whole bunch of Invincible Comics in my house right now because I forgot when I stopped reading it after a certain period of time to cancel my subscription. So I ended up with another year and a half worth of Invincible Comics. So I'm somewhere deep into the 20s in my collection. I got to tell you, Invincible is such an amazing comic book series the ups and downs and, and i was sad to see it come to an end because it recently did they you know robert kirkman decided to end the series kind of on a whim but i gotta tell you for a series that ended he ended that really really well i mean he completed the series fantastic writing and then speaking of fantastic writing researching carnage he's also got some great storylines too we have a ton of material to pull from to have a really great and intriguing fight today but with that being said you know speaking of intriguing we've got a seriously intriguing announcement as many of our listeners know, the Who Would Win show is really more of a, it's more of an empire than a show. Legions of fans, super vocal, uh, you know, supporters. Just go on Twitter, Facebook, even Instagram. You'll see we've got a great following. We're super, super happy with that. The Who Would Win show, even some say it's kind of more like a cult. And who am I to argue? Maybe it is. So like any good cult, I mean empire, we're taking applications. That's right. We're looking for people in all positions. Mean? Well, we're looking for people in all positions. So for example, I'm the Who Would Win official enforcer. I'm the one who, you know, accepts the applications. Make sure you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. I'll remove you from that position as well. With that being said, Ray, what position within the Who Would Win Empire would you like to apply for? Wow. I mean, there are so many great positions to be available. I haven't really put a lot of thought into this. Okay, I have. Treasurer. Let me be in charge of the money, James. Put me in charge of the fat stacks of cash that this show brings in. So you just said that you forgot to cancel a subscription. Yes. And then all of a sudden, so and now you're asking the Who Would Win Empire to trust you with the millions, billions, I dare say, of dollars that we'll be making. Think of how many forgotten to cancel comic books I could amass with the untold millions from Who Would Win. That's fair. And that's like a treasure into itself. So there's some logic behind that, Ray. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take your application. I would have thought you would have gone for, you know, maybe a more of a high profile position, like Emperor or something. I'm not really, I'm just kind of thinking. Is that a position that happens to be uh, uh, open at this time? It is. Is this Starscream? Why, yes, it is. Starscream. Currently Air Commander Starscream, but I'm looking for um, upward mobility. Interesting, interesting. You know, let me just go to the paperwork real quick. Looking through, looking through. Yeah, oh yeah, I got your application right here. Okay, let me go through this. Everything looks kind of in order. Okay, I have three yes. questions for you before I kind of. Oh, say, of course, what? I'll tell you anything you want. Yeah, James. just a formality, really. Question number oh, one: sure. What makes you a good leader? What makes me a good leader? What makes a good leader? I answer your question with a question. Very impressive. All right. Uh, ah, you see what I did there? My former employer didn't like that very much. He was a tool. Literally, he turns into a gun. A gun is a tool, right? Can be. 
Question number two, what type of leader are you? Do you lead by example? Are you are you a cheerleader? I would say that I'm a cheerleader. I currently command the Seekers, who are a myriad of colors, every color in the rainbow. You, you see them falling out of the sky in every series, just dying left and right. And what do we do? We bring them back up, because death does not exist for us Decepticons. We just repair ourselves and keep moving on, because with perseverance, that is what I will bring to the position. Perseverance, because, well, uh, I can't really die. <laughs> Wow, you are you are a leading contender for this so far, Starscream. Okay, one I last like the question. I leading in that sentence. Uh, <laughs> keep using that over I, and over I, again. Oh. I will. You know, here, here's oh, the thing. So one last question. Again, sure. very simple. Uh, we'll get past yes. this, and then we'll, uh, you know, I'll bring it to HR. We'll get you uh, processed. Question number three. Have you ever attempted to overthrow a leader within a political or military organization using treachery for the sole benefit of a personal quest for power? No. And I'll tell you why. There was not a sole benefit for my personal gain of power. I know what you're doing. This is entrapment. What I do is for the betterment of Cybertron and for Autobots and Decepticons alike. We are one people. This two-party system is just tearing us apart. We must all become one under Starscream. I was just looking for a yes or no. I'm unfortunately going to have to mark you as unqualified for that answer, and that's too bad because... That's uh, a shame. That is a shame. Starscream would have been great, I think. You know, Energon for everybody would have been a good thing. Okay, well, speaking of being great, it's time to introduce our guest judge, making their third appearance on the Who Would Win show. It's voice actor extraordinaire and fan favorite of the Who Would Win fans. It's Frank Todaro. Frank, welcome back to Who Would Win. Hello. Thank you so much for having me back. You know... This is, uh, this is nutty, this one. This is a little bit of a nutty matchup. Yeah, yeah, you know, Frank, how familiar are you with Invincible and Carnage? So I am familiar, and I have flashy-thinged myself before this th- just so I can forget everything. I- I'm a Spider-Man fan. I'm a, I'm a Queens kid, so I-, I read all those things. And then Invincible, I read a whole bunch of those in the beginning. That's like 20 years ago now. So, uh, so I'm, I'm forgetting all that. I'm forgetting all I know and all I think I know. A little uh, Willow reference. And, uh, and I'm coming in this clean. Wow. Okay. So, you, so you, you know, there's there's a reason why I think you are a fan favorite, and that's because the way you process these battles and come to these decisions <laughs> and and give me the wins, I think that's what really turns the fans <laughs> on. Um, but with, but with you're gonna that have your said, work cut out for you today, man. Today is gonna be a tough battle. Today is gonna be a tough battle. I know. Ooh. I know. Uh, Look, I, you know, Frank Dodaro is one of my favorite judges that we've ever had on the show. You were just a complete delight and joy to have here. But I've gotten more wins out of Stefan Thomas than I have out of you. So let's uh, let's let's turn this boat around, Frank. Let's let's come on over to the hashtag Awkward Allies. Hashtag uh-oh. Ray is right. See things my way for a change. This is Carnage's time to shine. Look, it's mainstream March, and I'm looking for ultimate and total dominating victory. And I, quite frankly, deserve it. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> you know, Frank, you, you do so much within the anime world and voiceover world. For those who are somehow uninitiated with your work, what have you been working on these days? I always hate this question because I forget everything because I'm a dumb old man. I was just in Yashahime. I just a couple characters in Yashahime. It's the, uh, the Inuyasha reboot, which is like very surreal for me. My The, the first anime that I ever really watched, my, my gateway anime was Ranma Half. It was uh, Rumiko Takahashi. And this is like the other series from her. And I watched that too. So it's mind-blowing. Yeah, the original wow. Let's see, Transformers uh, season three is coming up. I've heard of Transformers. Uh, Kingdom. 
Sure. Kingdom Trinity. <laughs> you heard of that? That one yeah. once twice. Cuphead's still coming out this year. Uh, I don't have a date yet. I can't tell you. It's all that's coming to my head right now. Some stuff. The As if that's not I plenty do. enough. <laughs> like that's that that would those three things would make anyone's career and you're like yeah just these small little things i got no, more i can't no, remember it's like jeez i never lose sight of that <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know uh, what what god i sacrificed to you to get to to get to be able to do this stuff but uh well we all have a process yeah. frank yeah a little bit yeah. <laughs> um, so in the next 10 years we will see a dc and marvel crossover in film or live action or DC and Marvel being owned by the same company, probably Disney. Right now, Princess Leia is a Disney princess, and so is the alien queen, I guess, right? I was Xenomorph. We're going to have a Xenomorph princess. So it's pretty cool. I don't know. It's basically uh, the, the pop culture, to answer your other, your other question, pop culture being all under these same umbrellas. It's like what you did when you were a kid, holding Optimus Prime and He-Man together and having them, you know, they're not the same size, but at least we're going to have them talk to each other, you know? At least uh, Snake Eyes and Han Solo at least look eye to eye. So that's what, that's maybe, maybe that's going to be uh, something that's born out of what you're talking about. Very cool, Those yeah. weird I, crossovers in your toy box. I love it, I love it. And, and by the way, that was sticky the, thing. Right, and that's what the Who Would Win show is all about, is, you know, talking yeah. about the possibilities. It's a great time to be a geek, absolutely. All sure right, Frank. Is. We hit you with some hard questions. Now we're going to hit you with a hard battle. So uh, get ready. With all of that said, it's about time. Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup. Representing Image Comics, the teenager who's more ready for an alien invasion than he is for his French exam on Tuesday, Invincible. And representing Marvel Comics, the symbiote who heard that red means stop, and he just said, no thank you. Carnage. <laughs> well done, Ray. Now, before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of a Who Would Win match. Now, rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the Who Would Win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality, and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, I, I think I already know the answer to this, but what version of Carnage are you using? I'll be using the one from the Super Nintendo Carnage video game. No, I'll be using the Marvel <laughs> comic books version of Carnage. It's too iconic. There are too many great storylines. I've got to rock that one. That's a good call. I remember Carnage. What was that series? You know, after the, the Spider-Man series from the 90s, they had another one for one season where he went well, to the Well, there was planet. Maximum Carnage. Maximum and then another Carnage. one, I think Carnage in the USA is another wild one, too. Yeah, lots of great versions. I think that's a smart call on your part. The animated series just came out for Invincible. Uh, so, you know, very likely in the future, this thing's going to, you know, that would be the version I would use. With that being said, I'm sticking with a comic book version from Image. Why not, right? That's a great character. Okay, rule number four. Debaters may only use examples of skills, powers, or weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, but will be given less weight. Rule number five. The winner of the debate, who's member the judge decides, has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. And finally, rule number six. The judge is the final arbiter and can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Now, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section. Remember to keep an eye out for new shirts all the time, including James Gabsy's new Intoxicating Mindfog t-shirts. Get your hashtag IMF shirts right now and be the first in your neighborhood to be able to convince anybody of anything at any time. You're welcome. Experience full plates and fuller wallets with every plate, America's best value meal kit. 
The holidays are upon us. Give yourself and your wallet a break. Every plate is 50% cheaper than a meal made from grocery store ingredients, and each recipe couldn't be easier to follow. With every plate, you can choose between 17 recipes that change each week and swap proteins, veggies, and sides to your liking. And all that for the same price as one cup of coffee. It's assuredly cheaper than that pumpkin spice latte. Last week, my family challenged me to make something great for dinner. So, I ordered the amazing hibachi-style steak rice bowls from every plate for my family. Super easy and super quick to prepare, by the way. Now, my entire family thinks I'm an amazing cook, and thanks to every plate, you know what? They're not wrong. Each meal gives you simple step-by-step -step instructions and pre-portioned ingredients to make it fast and easy. Hey, I've said it before. If you can build a bookshelf, you can make a great meal with every plate. And the choices are varied. I've personally made crispy Caesar chicken, pork and poblano tacos, and bibimbap. And all of the above turned out absolutely fantastic. Get started with every plate for just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. That's just $1.79 per meal by going to everyplate.com and entering code WWW179. Try this offer and you'll see firsthand why every plate is America's best value meal kit. We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. And now let's get to the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details on Carnage. 
Carnage is a symbiote serial killer who first appeared in The Amazing Spider-Man number 359 back in 1992. He was created by David Micheline and Mark Bagley as the offspring of Venom who wanted nothing more than murder. Cletus Cassidy was just your run-of-the-mill serial killer with a dark background who just happened to share a prison cell with one Eddie Brock. Tired of Eddie's constant regimen of working out and heavy metal music, Cletus was ready, quite frankly, to shiv him to death. Breaking up this event, however, was the symbiote Venom, who wanted to break Eddie out of prison and continue their happy lives together. Venom left a baby symbiote on the floor of that cell, though, and when this new symbiote merged with Cassidy, a new being named Carnage came to be. Carnage takes all the symbiotic powers and merges them with a can-do murder attitude to create a force for all time. Fun fact, if that's possible, the creators of Carnage had one specific character in mind with which to base everything. That character was the Joker from DC Comics. Yes, hot on the heels of the 1989 Batman movie starring Jack Nicholson as the Joker, Marvel had a revolutionary idea. What if we took the Joker and made him into a symbiote? So he created Cletus Cassidy, who looks just like the Joker, sounds just like the Joker, and wears a red symbiote suit to kill lots and lots and lots of people. That is Carnage. Quick question. You're saying that Venom broke out Brock Lesnar from prison and left what on the prison floor? He didn't break out Brock Lesnar, James. Sorry. That's a very different storyline. Brock, Brock uh, what's his name? Brock. Eddie Brock. Eddie, Eddie Brock. Sorry. <laughs> I think I just created a better story for Marvel. No, I would right? love Welcome, to see Brock Lesnar as Venom. I would be in for that. I mean, that's uh, kind of it. Kind of makes sense. Anyway, so he uh, broke Eddie Brock out of prison and left what on the floor? Well, you could say he just dropped a little baby off. You could say he left a little uh, dookie on the floor. You could say whatever really you want to. Either way, because of the way symbiotes work with their children or don't consider their children, he might as well have been a little doggy poo poo on the sidewalk. As far as Venom was concerned. It's a horrible way to start a super villain career, but uh, he made up for it. Good for him. He overcame that obstacle of, of being left on the floor. Okay, here are the details for Invincible. Created by Robert Kirkman and Corey Walker, Invincible first appeared in Tech Jacket, number one, back in November of 2002. Mark Grayson is Invincible, a half-human, half-Viltramite superhero with the powers of strength, flight, durability, and speed. Raised in a household where his father was the world's most famous superhero, Mark has always had an unconventional family. Following in his father's footsteps upon gaining his powers, Mark decided to use his powers for good. However, shortly into his superhero career, he learned that his father was designated by the Viltrumite Empire uh, to conquer Earth and enslave humans. His ideologies would evolve over the course of the story due to this revelation. Initially, he stays a superhero not out of vengeance or redemption because what his dad did, but because it's the right thing to do. That's the kind of person Invincible is. And here's an interesting fact about Invincible. Did you know that the character and storylines of Invincible were inspired by the films of Steven Spielberg and Quentin Tarantino? It's true. Robert Kirkman, the co-creator of Invincible, has never been shy about talking about his work in interviews. And when asked about how he's inspired to write Invincible, he named super successful film directors Spielberg and Tarantino as his key influencers. You can see the influence of Spielberg in the complex family drama and sweet interpersonal relationships within Invincible storylines. And you can see Tarantino's influence is is slightly noticeable in the regular use of horrific graphic violence, adult language, and overall depravity of the goings-on in the comic book series. Again, kind of hard to see, but you'll, you'll see it if you read it. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Frank, do you have any questions before we get started? 
Oh, gosh. Uh, who should I choose? This is going to be rough, guys. I mean, you you basically have, like, a Superman-Spider-Man hybrid versus Spider-Man's most terrifying villain. This is, uh... got my work cut out for me. I get it. It sounds like Invincible has the clear win here, but we should still listen to Ray. <laughs> Let's give him a shot and see what happens. Uh, Ray, with that being said, I'm oddly confident... Go ahead and hit us with your point number one. Point number one for Carnage. Now, let's talk just a little bit about symbiotic powers in that Venom, who is the creator, the progenitor, if you will, of Carnage, Venom bonded with Spider-Man. So Venom inherited through the DNA matches all the Spider-Man's powers, which means that Venom gifted those powers onto Carnage. So the Spider-Man skill set, the Spider-Man power set, if you will, consists of his enhanced strength, enhanced speed, enhanced durability, the ability to be a wall climber, and also doesn't really affect us in this battle, but he can negate Spider-Man's Spider-Sense by having his own version of it, which kind of trumps over the top of it so nobody gets any of it whenever they're around. So let's talk about what exactly does that mean. He has the strength of Spider-Man at his basic mounts, and I would even argue Carnage is much, much, much stronger than Spider-Man. Every single time Spider-Man tries to fight Carnage 1v1, he gets his butt handed to him over and over and over again to the point where Spider-Man has to recruit Venom to come and help him in a two-on-one scenario every single time he has Carnage to deal with. And Venom wants to, by the way, murder Spider-Man as well, but he also wants to murder Carnage. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend until we defeat that enemy and then that guy tries to kill me roughly three seconds later. That's the world that Spider-Man often finds himself in. But the two of them tried to, I remember, never forget this, the first time they encountered Carnage, Spider-Man and Venom were working together they try to just dogpile him raw power and they try to just get over on carnage and take him out with brute force that was a mistake because he was able to overpower both of them simultaneously and these are not two weakling characters these are two very powerful characters and not only that he was able to pick them up and one of my favorite images he threw each one through walls of an apartment building and smashed each through the wall throwing one right and one left at the same time Carnage. This guy's got insane levels of strength. In fact, one time the character Nightcrawler, again, not a pushover, very, very fast, could teleport. He was able to one-shot KO Nightcrawler with a kick. And if you can one-shot the Nightcrawler, you got some strength behind what you're doing. Never mind the fact that he picks up cars and throws them like it's nobody's business. Let's talk about the speed for a second, because he has the ability to dodge Spider-Man. Spider-Man is known as being a very agile, very fast, very maneuverable character. Carnage tends to have no problem at all getting out of the way of anything that Spider-Man has to throw at him. He dodges bullets when he wants to. But then let's talk about the durability because he also has taken bullets when he's wanted to. There was a whole hail of machine gun fire coming at Carnage in one of the comics. And all he did was sort of put his hands up so he could see so the bullets wouldn't hit him like in the face area. Not that it matters because he has 360 degree visibility. But he holds his hands up and just pushed into the machine gun fire and then got to the people doing it and did terrible things once he got there. So machine guns, not anything that they slowed him down a little bit, but did they stop him? No, he's tanked missiles before. He's tanked lots of missiles before. He's tanked electricity before. The Spider-Man tried to throw him on the third rail of a subway, and it just sort of made him mad. He got right up and was no worse for wear afterwards. And one of my most favorite moments, Deadpool stuck a grenade in his mouth in the Deadpool versus Carnage series, blew off his entire head. Deadpool goes, ha ha, I won. And Carnage just came back, 
took it, regenerated from it, and was absolutely fine. And then the wall swinging adds to his mobility. So he's not somebody who's going to be kind of stuck on the ground. He's constantly malleable, constantly moving, and constantly flying through the air. So where Invincible can fly, Carnage cannot fly. That's okay because the wall swinging is a great equalizer and at least allows him to do the aerial combat necessary as he has proven time and time again. And that's my point, number one. So... Lots of good stuff there. No doubt Carnage is super powerful and very capable of, of, of ripping people apart. So I think Carnage can actually lift 80 tons, which means sure. he's stronger than Spider-Man and Venom combined. Right. That, that's pretty impressive. Now, you said that Spider-Man, Venom and Carnage have an unhealthy love triangle. Is that correct? In a weird <laughs> way, they sort of do. Yeah. They're all obsessed with each other at all times, and each one wants to murder the other two. Well, not Spider-Man, but he wants to defeat and bring to justice the other two, which is his version of murder. And who would you be in this love triangle, Ray? I'm Carnage a thousand times out of a thousand. Got it. Okay, got it. Now, I also do believe he's fast enough to dodge Spider-Man. I actually think he's faster than Spider-Man. Would I be mistaken? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Okay. I I don't think so. Yeah, and I just want to clarify, like, the power levels and the speed and kind of, you know, just kind of figuring this out. It's round one. We got to figure this out. He's super mobile. He's got great wall swing, uh, slinging. Yeah, I I think this guy's carnage is, uh, other than the sociopathic murdering aspects to him, he's actually a very interesting character. Okay, let me see what I can do with my point number one to kind of combat some of this. Let's talk about Invincible powers, oddly enough. So, to put it mildly, Invincible is one of the most powerful characters in the shared, you know, larger image comic book universe. Why? Well, it's because, again, his dad was a Viltramite. Now, think of Viltramites as uh, Kryptonians, fully powered, but matched with Saiyan warrior tendencies and lust for battle. That's what you have in Viltramites. They they have a huge empire, a little bit smaller than the Who Would Win Empire, but they go planet to planet, either destroy the planet and then terraform it or enslave the people if they feel the people are useful, which is usually no. So Invincible's dad is sent to Earth as an advanced scout and kind of prep the planet. For invasion, what happens is the dad, if you guys recall, falls in love with a woman from Earth. They get married. He turns into a hero. They have a kid, and that's where Invincible comes in. So he's half Viltramite, but he doesn't have half the power. In fact, he's going to have a whole lot more, and I'll get into that more later. So how powerful is Invincible? Think of Superman without the weakness to Kryptonite. So Invincible has Superman-level strength where he can destroy and move planets. He's so fast that he can travel faster than light. And he's used a really cool, very familiar punching technique, very similar to the Flash's infinite mass punch. They never named it, so I'm just going to call it the infinite mass punch. Ray, can you explain the infinite mass punch to Frank in case he's unfamiliar with it? I would, but it's completely irrelevant here, so there's really no point to it. He's never in his life performed the infinite mass punch, James. Right, he hasn't called it that, but he has accelerated to light speed, you know, from one spot to another to increase the mass of his punches, kind of like an infinite mass punch. He's also got superhuman stamina where he can fight for days at full full blast. He can fly, which means he can use, this is really cool, Ray, he can use a flying version of the infinite mass punch too, not just a running stationary one either. Invincible can survive, move, fly, and comfortably function in outer space without any type of aid. He's known to fly across galaxies for weeks at a time. You know how he does this? He can hold his breath for weeks. So he's fine. Even after Ray's finished with the bathroom, he can go in there, hold his breath. He's good to go. He's Vinceville is virtually invulnerable to any and all kinds of damage. And it's only beings of similar strength to him or even stronger beings, which do exist in the uh, Invincible universe, that can actually like even inflict any damage on him or pierce his skin. You know, Invincible survived. This is kind of crazy. A nuclear bomb being blown up in his face with no damage whatsoever. This is a crazy, powerful person. 
And if that was enough, he's even got an enhanced healing factor that rivals that of Deathstroke. So it's not as good as Deadpool's healing factor or the ability that uh, Carnage has to just recompose his body, but it's still super, super fast. So not only is it hard to hurt him, but he heals really quickly. And the one power that makes things interesting, and this is, I I never really thought this was a power, but they listed it as as one. He's got super willpower. And it's that willpower that enables him to, number one, never stop fighting, but also to, two, fight off both alien Earth-based mind control, and three, to defeat opponents more powerful and more ruthless than him, because he just never gives up. It's insane. We've all seen it in the Invincible Comics, where he just doesn't give up, even though he's smashed, whatever. He's like, no, I'm not giving up. I'm going to find a win, a way to win, and he does. All these powers make for a very bad day for Carnage, and I haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. That's my point number one. Look, I'm not going to take anything away from Invincible other than the fact that Carnage would absolutely destroy him. Now, Invincible is a very, very tough character. Now, he is comparable to Superman, but I can't believe that you would actually try to say that he's on a level with Superman. He's a Superman light character, right? That's the important thing to take away here. Superman is the one with the what? 10 octrillion move planet strength and the the you know the, the, the fast moving can reverse time in the space. Superman four movie, whatever. And that's all totally fine. You know, but Invincible's not that, okay? Invincible has a similar power set, but at a lower degree. And I think that's what's very, very important here. Another thing to say about Invincible is the character himself. We stay in character in this. And Invincible does try not to kill people. He he is a, a person, he tries. And he is a person who tries to be a force for good and justice. So while he could, in theory... Pick up Carnage, pick up any person, tear them in half and do whatever. It takes a while to ramp up to that. And that type of, uh, of thing is, I'll talk about it in my later points, but that's going to work against him in a battle against a character like Carnage. I just wish he had like some type of brutality to him that we would see somehow. But, you know, you never know. Let's see what the battle brings up. Frank, you've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where is your head at with this battle so far? <sighs> well, you guys haven't really made it. A- too much more clear for me, but uh, I will say something that I'm going to have to really hear from you, and, and I'm checking everything that I know already, because there's a lot of little threads that can go uh, lifting, or tendrils, if you will, waka waka, is what their weaknesses are. Like, I've, he- I've heard what their strengths are, and yes, the uh, in- Invincible's morality is, uh, is definitely something that has to sort of like stay in play, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to give you anything by, by giving examples. Uh, but is he, in fact, invincible? He's got a healing factor, so he must have seen it work. So based on only on what you guys have told me, why does he need that healing factor if he's so invulnerable to all this physical damage? And on the other side of that, Carnage can see 360 degrees around him. Does he need eyes? Is he just an entity in and of of himself? I want to hear more about all these things, but I also want to hear more about what damages, what weaknesses, what vulnerabilities these two characters have that the their opponent can exploit. Interesting. Okay. This is good. This is why why Frank is a fan favorite, right? Is because he really gets into this and understands. <laughs> no, I'm serious. You understand like what has to be said here. It's funny. You kind of direct the battle in a really cool way. All right. Ray, hit us with your point number two. Point number two for Carnage. Now let's talk. We talked about Spider-Man's abilities and where his baseline starting point is. But let's talk about symbiotic power because that's where he takes an even larger step forward. Because yes, Carnage has tried to take over Spider-Man and Deadpool and the Wizard and some of these other amazing characters from Marvel. But what's really amazing about it is because he is a symbiote, he can regenerate. And he can regenerate his entire head. We learned that from the Deadpool example before. But he could also regenerate if just a drop of blood remains 
from him. He could regenerate his cells fully and totally and do so in a very, very short period of time. Now, because Carnage is a blood-based character. Now, while Venom sort of envelops Eddie Brock and he kind of is worn as a suit, Carnage actually goes into the bloodstream of Cletus Cassidy. And so he's inside of him the entire time and sort of the Carnage persona comes out through the blood and, and, and incorporates him that way. And that's a marked difference between what Venom can do and what Carnage can do, which allows him now to shapeshift. He actually turns his body into living weapons. He likes to turn it into axes, swords, sharp objects, two, three at a time. And he's able to projectile those at his enemies like Spider-Man. And he's able to commit murder, basically, turning pieces of his body into living, sharp weapons and throwing them. And you argue, Frank, what actually could hurt Invincible? And in order to hurt Invincible, you have to be a very strong character uh, with a lot of force behind it. I would argue that Carnage is a very forceful character with a lot of strength behind it and exactly the kind of character that could wound Invincible from the outside or at least give him a pretty rough day. Not just that. Invincible, what's he going to do? Is he going to pull Carnage and tear him in half? That's not going to do anything because, like I said before, one one drop of blood is all that needs to remain. Now, I don't know how that works with a human being inside of him. I let the Marvel writers worry about that. But Cletus Cassidy and Carnage come back from very, very little. They don't need a lot. He also likes to take his arm and create tentacles with them and tendrils and kind of envelop them in the area. He's used them as a grappling hook before to pull him up to remove him from an area, not just like the spider webs and all that. He will. He also one time captured Spider-Man in his fingers. He stretched out his fingers so that they were sort of like a cage, put it over the top of Spider-Man and Spider-Man was not strong enough to escape even the fingers of Carnage. One really exciting thing though that he likes to do and the one big weakness of Invincible, I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there now because Invincible is very, very strong on the outside. He's not very strong on the inside. He was threatened once with somebody essentially putting a grenade in his head. Uh, it happened to a similar type of character and that character's head blew up and that character died. That character was gone. So if you can get something inside Invincible, you can absolutely take him out that way. One cool attack that Carnage likes to do is using the blood is to go inside a person and try to take them over and turn them into a symbiote himself or cause them massive damage from the inside. Where Invincible can be harmed is on the inside and where Carnage could hurt you is on the inside. And that could be one very impressive route to victory for Carnage. And that's my point number too. So mm. it's interesting. The inside place, that's a technical term, by the way, where that version, so that, that whole storyline of Image Comics, if I'm not mistaken, that was called the Invincible Wars, where mm -hmm. this villain took in and, and brought in different evil versions of Invincible from like 12 different dimensions. So the heroes of Earth had to come to the rescue. And the person who created that bomb, he's actually called Robot. Very original name is Robot. Great name. Great, Great name. name. Robot. Yep. <laughs> and what he did, Robot, is the Lex Luthor-Tony Stark combination of the Image universe. So he had already planned, set in place. That bomb that he had that person eat or ingest or whatever it was, was not a regular grenade. It was something specifically made for Invincible, possibly for Viltrumites, because they were expecting an invasion. They were familiar with the race of Viltrumites and what have you. Now, not to say that that didn't, wasn't effective, but it wasn't just like, hey, they popped a grenade in his mouth or what have you, or it's easy to plant something. That was made by probably the greatest mind on the planet Earth for the, and possibly in the universe for Image Comics. So it wasn't an easy feat. It was prepared and previous knowledge was needed and what have you. Now, with that being said, it's interesting because Carnage is in the bloodstream of Cletus Cassidy, correct? 
that, that is correct. Saying? Okay, so a question for you. Like Lobo, he can reform from a drop of blood but it, into a full Lobo again, but it takes mm-hmm. time. So if there's only one drop of blood there, how long does it take? That's all that's remaining of, of Carnage, if that happens. How long does that drop of blood take to reform into a full Carnage? It Much like many of these other healing factors, it depends on who's doing the writing. I'm willing to concede that if Invincible is able to get Carnage down to a single drop of blood, it will take longer than two minutes for the purposes of this battle. Got it. Okay. Just want to clarify it. I like this new Ray, by the way. You know, the, the, you know, I need to. I've always been reasonable, James. I've always been the reasonable one on this show. Absolutely. Okay. Now let's giving talk- even giving caring caring calm 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 zen like. So Frank, to talk about the weaknesses of Carnage, you know, I'm going to kind of demonstrate this my point number two. The main weaknesses is kind of like saying to Carnage, it's not where he's weak; it's where he's not as strong. I believe it's heat. Intense heat is his one big weakness. I believe it's sound. And I also think it's his lack of mobility, you know, when someone takes him space bound, right? He doesn't have a way to kind of get in from outer space. You'll see where I'm going with that. So let me go to my point number two, and I'm just gonna call this fighting style. So, you know, what makes Invincible so very different from other Superman level characters? We see Superman with like Homelander and the boys, there's Supreme, there's like a bunch of different types of Superman roaming all over the different comic book universe. So, you know, Invincible, does he have a host of villains who, at least at the start of the series, are more powerful than him? Absolutely. Does he have to figure out how to cope with a father who loved him, then betrayed him, and then loved him again? Sure. But there's one small little way that Invincible is slightly different than Superman, Shazam, Thor, and even Black Adam. Invincible is absolutely freaking brutal. Like, sickeningly brutal. As in, rip the head off your enemy and use that to disembowel disembowel another enemy type of brutal. And the more brutal his opponent is, the more they threaten the innocent, the more lives they destroy, the more invincible can justify his use of violence and brutality and the fact that maybe there's going to be some collateral damage as in innocents get destroyed. But for the greater good, we got to take this, this villain out. That's who Invincible is. He looks and sounds like a Boy Scout. Oh, but he's not when he gets into a fight. So there's dozens of examples of Invincible ripping the entrails out of superpowered opponents. You know, he's ripping off body parts, left, right, and center, uh, punching through their heads. There's tons of that. So instead of going through all of those, I just want to describe um, one fight in particular I really loved that Invincible had to clearly demonstrate his brutality. So there's this character called Conquest. He's a Viltrumite. You know, I said Brock Lesnar before, but this is like, uh, take a Kryptonian version of Brock Lesnar now, okay? <laughs> and that's who he's fighting. This guy is the right. is the second, and I'll get to the first ultimate badass, but he's the second best, biggest badass of the Viltrumite Empire, a, a race of warriors that are super powered. So this fight is brutal. Conquest is beating up Invincible. Invincible is beating up Conquest. Lots of collateral damage. People are dying. But Invincible is like, I'm, I, I got to keep going. You know, a lot of buildings are being destroyed. The whole thing. He's not caring about anyone, but he's got to take out Conquest. So at the end of the battle, Conquest is really screwed up badly physically. Invincible. Two broken arms, I believe, like uh, entrails hanging out of his body. Both of his hands are crushed. His mouth is all screwed up. He's got teeth out of his mouth that he's missing. Other teeth that are there kind of dangling loose. And all of a sudden, Invincible is like, I got to stop you. Conquest is like, what are you going to do? You're all screwed up. So Invincible starts smashing in his head by headbutting him repeatedly. The whole panel, the whole page of that comic book is 20 panels of Invincible smashing his head repeatedly Full blast at super speed, kind of using an infinite mass punch style thing, Ray, if you think about it, over and over again into Conquest's head until when he finally stops and Conquest's head is caved in, his skull is completely caved in, he's all messed up, he's dead. 
right? He beat him. That's what he did. It was his willpower, his resolve, fueled by his brutality that got him the win. I'd bet that Invincible would literally beat Carnage to death, literally grab him, tendrils and all, taking, maybe he's going to take damage, I doubt it, but he wouldn't stop. He'd keep going and he'd be insanely brutal as well. Why? Because that's the Viltramite empire, the Viltramite genetics coming through very clearly. Now let's shove the brutality for a second because that's one way he could win. But there's another way for Invincible to win and that's through battlefield removal. So Carnage has a big loss to a character from Marvel by the name of Sentry. And Sentry and Invincible have a very similar power set. You know, a lot of similar similarities to Superman. So the crazy strategy Sentry used, this is like, you know, a chess level grandmaster strategy. Step one, Sentry grabbed Carnage. Step two, Ray, let me know if I'm talking too fast. It's going to be a crazy strategy. Step two, fly into space. Step three, literally rip him apart into like two or three pieces. Step four, leave him in space. That was it. He grabbed him, went into space, ripped him apart, didn't even look at him, came back down. Now, did Venom kind of reconstruct? Yeah, it took him a while in space. I think space is maybe an, uh, an environment he's not super strong in for whatever reason. Took him a while, but he was there for a very, very, very long time. He didn't have a way to get back down. Now, keep in mind, Invincible has this genius level intellect. He's dealt with symbiotypes before, and he's also got a super high level of tactical analysis. He can instantly strategize and see what you're up to, what your power set is. And he's like, got it. I know what to do. Again, that's a village my genetics. So his fancy way of saying that, my fancy way of saying Invincible has really good tactics is that he loves to grab people, fly them into space, smash them into the moon, leave them there launch him at high velocity into the depths of space or launch him into the sun or just pound him in space and leave him there. All of that involves into space, leaving there somehow. So on top of literally being carnage to death, which is something he would do, on top of never stopping to get the win because he's he's got that willpower, Invincible already has a game plan to take out and beat Carnage via battlefield removal in space, just as what's already happened to Carnage when Sentry did it to him. That's my point number two. You know, I thought the Zack Snyder Justice League movie was long, and then I heard James's point number <laughs> oh, two in this battle. Dear Lord, I need to take a break halfway through it, James. We have timers for a reason, sir. I brought sandwiches. I care about the rules. I brought sandwiches. I care about the rules. Someone else doesn't. There's a lot of garbage there I got to talk about. So, Carnage's Ooh. when he was first coming out, right. he uh, he had a weakness to sound, a weakness to heat, absolutely, except for the fact that once he kind of matured a little bit as a character and once a couple of storylines had gone on reed richards and the fantastic four had a really awesome sonic gun that worked really really well on carnage for a period of time and he would just wreck him and just keep him wherever he wanted and he couldn't move because he was beaten down later in carnage's career reed richards tried to use that gun on him and carnage just stopped looked at him and reached out real long and ripped it out of his hands and say that annoys me stop it so the things that worked on early Carnage that we're all familiar with don't work anymore, or at least to a much, much less degree than they previously did. So ignore heat. He's fought in fire before, okay? Ignore the sound thing. Example I just gave you. The other thing to talk about, and this is very, very important, Frank, is battlefield removal and what does that mean? Because I would contend if Invincible tries to grab Carnage and fly him up into space and crash him into the moon like James said, that means the battlefield has now shifted from the Earth to the moon. Mm-hmm. So if Invincible wants to smash Carnage into the moon and then fly away, that means Carnage wins the battle because Invincible <laughs> has removed himself. The battlefield has changed to where they are, and if Invincible tries to leave him somewhere, that's him taking himself out of the battle because he knows he can't handle Carnage. All right, as, as judge, 
I'll allow it. I agree with that. If, Thank if, you. If Invisible intends to abandon him instead of defeat him, that is leaving the battle. That is... Thank you. I have... I, I've, I, I deem that. So done. as long as he doesn't abandon him, he finishes him. If you think you can finish Carnage, it's, it's, I just don't I think mean, you are. You still have explained a way that you can. Well, here's the deal. I, I have. Ooh. Also, I really appreciate how I was talking about, you know, how Invincible threw him into the sun. And you you re- responded with, yeah, but he's been in fire and been okay. <laughs> There's like, actual numbers on this, but he can ex- he can withstand extreme heat. He can extend it with extreme cold. He's a symbiote. In fact, uh, he was floating out in the Earth's atmosphere, and Cletus Cassidy was ripped in half. And Carnage, the symbiote, kept him alive long enough to finally reform him and get back to Earth. Now, yes, if he d- is able to defeat carnage and leave him in space that's one thing but carnage's regeneration factor and all that is just too much invincible what's he gonna do disembowel something that has no bowels help if me out here james could use if the you word don't mind the interjection here i would also say that space does count as part of a battlefield thank you if absolutely that is, if that is the case thank so you. if they go up there they can continue fighting if they're able to in the vacuum of space. Also, uh, he's been in fire and been okay. Should be a country song. Anybody yep. listening? Please, uh, <laughs> please write the country song about carnage getting thrown Being into in the fire. sun. Thank you. He's okay. Sorry. Yeah, that's right. Yep, that is done. that's good. Yeah, right. I like it. All right. So, uh, Frank, you've heard points number two points <sighs> from Ray. You've heard two points from me. We're now at the turning point. You got to tell us in your own mind who is ahead in this battle and what does the other side have to do to get the win. Well, who is ahead? Who is, are any of us truly ahead? Uh, you guys both made very, very good points. However, there are holes in and on both sides. Invincible is not as invincible as Sentry, so far as I understand, and so far as you've explained so far. Uh, so far, how many times can I say so far in one thing? So far, I think I've said it six times. You make it sound good, uh, so continue. Thank you, thank you. So, so far, I so far have, uh, I, I want to I hear more about the nature of the bonding of the symbiote to God, I almost said Sean Cassidy. Jeez, <laughs> completely different character. I'd love to see that. By the way, completely. I'd love yeah. to see that. That's uh, that is talking about psychopaths. Sorry. <laughs> so I, I want to hear more about that because right now I, I'm just genuinely fifty fifty. But the way that you've explained it, Ray, is that there is a. The, his offspring, his his uh, asexual offspring, or the little doo-doo that's on the bottom of the prison, just kind of like, oh, this guy's here. Was he attracted to him for a reason? Is there a reason why that human drew that particular symbiote? And on the Invincible side, well, I mean, you know what? I'm not going to say anything because I think that would be leading you to where I want you to go. And uh, and I'm just going to say I have no fracking clue. So please, lay it on me. Good Lobo reference, by the way. <laughs> that was good alright Ray so uh, oddly enough here we are yet again it's 50-50 it all comes down to this it's like it's a whole new ball game go ahead and hit us with your point number three Point number three for Carnage. I want to talk about the man, Cletus Cassidy, and where he's coming from, because where he's coming from, he's willing to go there even harder than a character like Invincible, because Invincible will do terrible things and make some very violent things happen eventually. 
Cletus Cassidy starts with the very, very violent, aggressive thing as his first, second, and third move out the gate. Because Cletus Cassidy, as a serial killer, murdered lots and lots of people. I think he was in prison for murdering something like 12 or 13 people. And when they put him in, he said, oh, there's like a dozen more you haven't even found yet. He is a... Hannibal Lecter would be scared of this guy, okay? That's where we're coming from with Cletus Cassidy. Now, you ask, why did the symbiote Carnage bond with this character? One, he wasn't very picky. He was a newborn baby, and it was the first one that he saw. But secondarily, he lucked out, because if he was trying to murder a bunch of people, you go in the body of a serial killer who's murdered a whole heck of a lot of people, okay? So let's talk for a second about great victories of Carnage, because Carnage has defeated a whole lot of people. He's defeated, obviously, Spider-Man and Venom, as well as Spider-Man and Venom at the same time. He's got tons of wins over Deadpool. Deadpool keep regenerating, kept coming back after him over and over and over again. And he could not defeat Carnage. Carnage just kept handing his butt to him over and over and over again, beat a character called the wizard and beat a character called Nova, who's pretty important in more current comic books. The tactics of Carnage is really where it's going to pay off right here because Carnage, when that one of those first fights against Spider-Man and Venom, Carnage realized he didn't want to be there, right? He knew he could overpower both of them, but he really just wanted to get away. So what did he do? He grabbed a baby and threw it out a window. He threw a baby out a window knowing that Venom and Spider-Man would have to try to save the baby. So when he's trying to fight Invincible, Carnage is going to be putting random innocent bystanders into harm's way over and over and over again. And if you remember that great scene, and I think it was Daredevil's Netflix series, uh, the second season with the Punisher, where they're fighting through a warehouse and Daredevil's trying to save everybody while the Punisher's trying to kill everybody. So Daredevil not only has to defeat all the villains, he also has to stop Punisher from killing them. It's one of the most inventive, interesting fights I've seen in a long, long time. That's sort of what Invincible has to deal with here because if any innocent people die, Invincible's not going to feel good about it. And Invincible as a character does try to save people all the time. And Carnage is going to pick up on that quickly and he's going to take advantage of that to make life harder for Invincible step after step after step and constantly get hits in where he can as a direct result. Not just that. Carnage has some level of mind control abilities. How you're going to beat Invincible. Not always the easiest thing to punch him down unless you're in a Superman level character. But he can go into the bloodstream through any one of those open orifices, the mouth or what have you, and he could try to take him over that way. That's how he's been able to infect himself onto very powerful heroes before. But also he has a certain mind control factor that might not work as well here, but I at least want to put it on the record because if I don't, I'd feel like I was leaving too much on the table. But the man's a murderer. The man's a killer. Look, one of my favorite examples of a victory that he ever had was in the Carnage in the USA uh, storyline when he mind-controlled an entire Colorado town, kind of like the story of WandaVision, how she took it over with magic. He took it over, uses his symbiotic mind-control powers. So a group consisting of Spider-Man, Captain America, Wolverine, Hawkeye, and The Thing showed up to stop him. And not only did Carnage defeat all of those characters together, he was able to c convert and take over symbiotically Captain America, Wolverine, Hawk Hawkeye, and The Thing. And if you can take over those four characters simultaneously and turn them into Carnage versions to fight for you, I just don't see how he can't also do that to Invincible, who's not ready, not ready for blood-based effects. And the last thing, a story I want to tell you about Carnage to who this guy is as a character is, 
He has gone through the internet to murder people. It's one of the wildest things I've ever seen. Oh, but he actually has projected himself into, into cables to go through the internet, wirelessly wired, what have you, and murder people through their television screens. I'd say it was a one-off thing, but he did it twice. A, he saw a guy on TV watching him through a live feed, and the guy thought to himself or said out loud, that's not real, that's CGI. And it made Carnage so mad he wasn't getting the credit he deserved he went through the screen and murdered him through the internet does invincible have an answer for being murdered through the internet i don't think so frank and that's my point number three i actually call being murdered through the internet great writing it's great writing. that is great oh writing my lord okay so this so. is interesting so a couple of things the that town that carnage took over great story so do you know how he was able to do that and take over the heroes he, you know, I don't know the science behind it, James. I just know he has powers. <laughs> oh, gotcha. I don't know the science either. I do know the details hmm. of the story, though. So what happened was he goes to this town to take over everyone in that town. He needs more mass. Like, he needs personally more mass to take over Would you over say infinite town. mass? No, I'd say, like, the amount of mass you need by eating a herd of cows. Interesting. Literally. So he ate a herd of cows to give himself the mass he needed to then infiltrate, to like spread himself out throughout the town to get it. And then, you know, sure, that's cool with the way you do the heroes and everything. So my quick question for you, Ray, are there a herd of cows in this random encounter for Carnage to consume? If so, what are their names? Let's face facts. There could be cows. There could be people. They're probably going to be fighting somewhere where there's a lot of people because Carnage is a very social monster and he likes to be around where there are more people so he can then murder them. Got so it. if but, this is on the table, I'd say he could do it. But he doesn't consume people to do that. He consumed cows and, and possibly other livestock. Like I'll, I'll throw that in there. Um, find himself in a find himself in a local Kroger in the frozen food section and let man go to town. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. So the answer is no, no cows. Look, I've done it myself. Look, you can't. I'm not trusted in the Kroger frozen. food. Listen, I've been with you at a hometown buffet. It's impressive. Oh, it's I could barely walk. It was great. Uh, It's a different point. Different Different point point altogether. Well, I'll see you tomorrow night, by the way. Let me move on to my point number three. Oh, by the way, when it comes to being taken over, possessed, Invincible now has alien tech that now prevents him from being telepathically organically being taken over. Remember, he's been in contact with symbiotes before. It's Image. They kind of do some stuff like that. So he now is with this thing called the Coalition of Planets where they give him these weird pieces of technology, earpieces, implants, what have you, so that he can actually communicate with people in space. He's actually got mini telepathy in space and it also prevents him from being telepathically organically taken over. Pretty sure that's going to work pretty well against Carnage. Ray, you know that character Invincible I was repping earlier? Do you remember him, Ray? I'm familiar. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's not the Invincible I'm actually repping. The latest version of Invincible is at a completely different power level. This is someone who's been augmented dramatically. So, you know, Invincible, he starts off super powerful. He's, uh, you know, to your point, he starts as a teenager, but he trains. And, you know, he works out. He literally legitimately works out. And the older he gets, the more powerful he becomes. And Invincible trains all the time, fights all the time, gets experience. And during the series, we see him go from teenager all the way with some time jumps to, like, I think early 30s, right? So he's a grown man. He's, you know, super strong at that point. This character is also pretty much immortal. At the, I don't want to, spoiler alert, at the end of the series, we see him in the future. He's 500 years old. His aging's pretty much stopped. He looks like he's in his prime. That's where he is. Now, he's, he, you know, breaking apart planets, doing the crazy stuff. You know, now he's taking over the Viltrumite Empire. He's, the Coalition of Planets is now like a subsidiary of what he does. He's, a, he's the badass of the galaxy. So why is this important? Well, in the final issues of the Invincible series, Invincible gets hurt pretty badly. Now, remember, to hurt Invincible, you need 
typically either a group of Viltrumites or people who are a group of people who are powerful as Superman or the ultimate Viltrumite warriors to come out and get him. Rarely does someone come out and just hit him. He's, uh, you need the Superman level people on mass to come after him to start damaging him. So at the end, he does get hurt pretty bad by another large group of Viltrumites who kind of surprise him and attack him. So his wife, Adam Eve, is someone who can rearrange matter at the molecular level. So what she does is sees he's all screwed up. He's like, I'm going to fix you. I, she didn't just heal him. She upgraded him and gave him way more power than he had before. It was really, really crazy. So all of a sudden, he is jacked. He's way more powerful, faster, more durable. And what does he do with this power upgrade? So he takes on the Thanos of the Image Universe. It's a character called Grand Regent Thrag. So Thrag is the ultimate Viltrumite. He was trained in the ways of warriors since birth. He was bred to be really three things. The ultimate leader of the Viltrumites, the ultimate warrior. I'm calling him the ultimate warrior clause. He's the ultimate warrior of the Superman race of Viltrumites. He's also the strongest and most powerful Viltrumite to ever live. And by the way, they keep track of all that stuff in that empire. So also the really cool thing is Thrag, he always kind of looked like a uh, very jacked Freddie Mercury from Queen. <laughs> which right it was That's always awesome it, he did right i was just like it's oh true. my god he did it's really yep. really cool so thrag is responsible for the destruction of like hundreds of planets and for billions upon billions of deaths all of them that he thoroughly enjoyed by the way and as brutal and as as violently sociopathic as carnage is he can't even hold to a candle to thrag who did what carnage does just on a galactic scale he is the thanos carnage almost combination of image universe that's who thrag is so in the final battle of the series, Invincible and Thrag have their biggest fight, and they're kind of bashing the way each other. They're each getting hurt. Remember, it's the ultimate Viltrumite versus Invincible is now more powerful. So what happens? Invincible is like, I got one way to make this work. He grabs him, takes him into the sun, and stays there, and starts beating the hell out of him in the sun. Now, the sun, the longer you stay in there, it still will damage Invincible, but it takes a long time. So the fight goes on and on. They are screwing each other. Body parts are flying off, chunks of skin, and they're getting burnt at the same time. Their skin's getting flayed off, the whole thing. And in the end, Invincible's like, huh, no way I'm losing this. I'm, I'm, I'm taking you out. And even if I just have to hold you in place, I'm winning. Sure enough, he takes out Thrag, and he's weak, and he gets saved by another friend of his, Alan the Alien. You remember him? He's really cool. And survives and becomes the winner. And now he takes over. He is the Thanos, the badass of the Image Universe. That's the Invincible I'm arguing against or arguing for today. So in the end, with Invincible Superman-like powers, a track record of brutality, a use of tactics that have already worked to defeat Carnage, and the fact that if all else fails, he'll fly Carnage into the sun. By the way, again, the sun from the, the, the heat from the sun is definitely going to take Carnage out. It's pretty easy to see that Invincible wins this fight. That, my friends, by friends I mean Frank Todaro, is my point number three. I mean, come on, James. That's so trash. The idea that you institute, hey, I'm going to take this version of Invincible, and then your point three. By the way, I'm now talking about a different character. I'm talking about a short storyline version mm. of Invincible, where he suddenly is now forward in time to being a. That's a cheap tactic, James. I'd think that you were above it, but I know you too well. So since you're going to do that, let me talk about when Carnage got a little thing called the Darkhold, which is uh, <laughs> written by the Elder God Cthulhu, right? And this is a fairly recent storyline. I wasn't planning on using it because it's not really what he's known for. But since you're going to bring up stuff that Invincible's not known for, why don't I just go a little nuts in my final rebuttal? Because because a cult abducted Carnage and tried to sacrifice him so the Elder Gods would return to Earth, Cthulhu being a Cthulhu type of monster. 
And Carnage said, actually, I'm more powerful than all of you. My blood is not like anything you understand. So spilling my blood in this book actually lets me kind of absorb the book and all of its knowledge. So he read and understands and is master of the essentially the Necronomicon Ex Mortis of the Marvel Universe, thus creating him into a cosmic level threat in the Marvel Universe. James, you did this to yourself because Carnage thought it would be a good idea to summon the Elder God Kithan using this knowledge. So what is going to stop him from summoning the elder god, essentially Cthulhu? Look, if he's trying to be flown to the sun, takes about seven and a half minutes at light speed to get to the sun. One, that's a long time where they're very close contact to each other for Carnage to overtake him through one of these open uh, mouth areas or whatever and take over the blood of Invincible. If you want to try to fly him into the sun, if you think you could hang with Carnage in your hands for seven and a half minutes to get to the sun, you are are in fact mistaken but what's going to stop carnage if he gets too close for comfort to the sun to summon the elder god kathan in order to fight with him what's going to stop him from bringing a cthulhu entity onto the battlefield that invincible has no answers for james i hate to do it to you but i'll do it to you anyway no it's an interesting storyline what's the name of the character kathan so it's not Carnage. No, oh, interesting. but if he has control over him, much like uh, much like Soundwave had control of Laserbeak when he came out of his chest, if you're able to be a summoner, and summoning is a skill, it is a power, sure. and if you can summon something and have control over it, much like if we were to ever use Ash Ketchum from Pokemon in a battle, his Pokemon would be on the table, and that's how I see an elder god in the hands of this version of Carnage. Again, didn't want to use him. That's okay. You had me. You had me until you brought up Laserbeak, man. I voice Laserbeak. I, I take offense to that. He, oh. Laserbeak's his own bird. He's, he's he, he made his own oh, destiny. I, I meant Rumble. I meant Rumble. Excuse me. Oh, I kind of wonder what Starscream thinks about this. No, here's the thing. <laughs> it's an interesting thing to bring out an extra character. It takes seconds because he's faster than light. It takes seconds for Invincible to get to the mm. sun. So he's going to get him there very quickly. Even if he calls. Cthulhu, that's in space. Cthulhu will appear, and guess who's still going at light speed? Is Cthulhu oh, flying light fine. speed? He'll, at, he'll grab space? a hold of him. It's Cthulhu. He's a giant. And you're talking about it's seconds to get to the sun. I just frankly don't believe that for, for a second myself. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, now, Frank, Ooh. you've heard points from Ray. You've I heard, have. You've heard good points from Ray, by the way. I'm impressed. You've heard points from me. Mm-hmm. Now's the time for you to come to your ultimate decision Bestow us with your wisdom. Take us through your process. Tell us who wins this matchup between Carnage and Invincible. Hachi machi, this is rough. All right, so I will say to both of your kind of last-minute ditch effort Hail Marys of the super, super, duper, duper powerful versions of these characters from these specific stories, if Spider-Man was here, I would not talk about Spider-Man with cosmic powers, you know? Like, I'm not going to include so much of that. But I'm going to take the flavor and what these characters would do in this situation, right? Because if if one gets godlike omnipotence, uh, omniscience, whatever, I can speak. I'm a voice actor. This is what I do for a living. Why can't I speak tonight? <laughs> and, and you're good at it. <clears throat> I don't know. You and my mom say that. So I think I have a pretty good handle on what's going to happen. These two characters meet. And each of what you said for your own character has buried your character. Because Carnage's first tactic of throwing babies willy-nilly left and right for Invincible to be saving, right? That is showing Invincible right away that this is not anyone he should have any care about. And you took the one tiny bit of defense that you had, which was his morality. Now, 
what's going to bite him in the end is, well, James, you talked about the uh, vitromite brutality that comes out and he has this blood rage. He can tear people apart, right? So here's what I think is going to happen. Instantaneously, this isn't Invincible's first ball game. He sees Carnage. He assesses this threat because he also has the hyper-intelligence of this alien that's so much better than us. He is going to grab him and go to space. Carnage is going to want to kill him. So he's going to let himself be grabbed. And now the battlefield is space. It is uh, battle, Battlefield Earth with the movie. No, battlefield space. Battlefield space. The battlefield is space. And he's going to try his old trick to climb into the sun, right? Instant rage. Instant rage on an alien-human hybrid level from Invincible. Now, he's experienced this level of terror before. He knows what to do. Carnage is way too powerful to let this happen without dealing a blow. You talked about Sentry uh, bringing Venom out into space and this being a similar thing. He's not as strong as Sentry. He's going to get cut. And what comes out of a cut but blood? So, speaking slow like you don't know where I'm going with this. Yeah, sure. Fly Carnage out out into space, go towards the sun. That rage is going to be so attractive that Carnage will die. The Carnage that we knew as he finds a new host and the rage-filled alien hybrid that is Invincible. Invincible will win this match, but walk away with the symbiote inside of him. Now, I'll say an addendum to this, an addendum to this, he could, you know, do the whole self-sacrifice play, fly himself into the sun, kill himself, and then Adam Eve, you know, reconstitutes him back together, and he's all good, and they're all walking off into the sunset and going to the diner to get a burger, and then he turns back and looks at the camera, and there's a tiny little red glint in his eye, because Carnage is still there. And that is my thing. James, you win. But Ray, you also kind of win, too. I don't know. I don't feel like a winner, Frank. I'm not going (laughs) to lie. Wow, that was close. That was close. That was a great story. That was exactly what I thought was going to happen. Thank you, Frank (laughs) Sodaro. I got to tell you, Ray, you brought up the Cthulhu thing from the really cool storyline. That was my biggest worry. And you did it, and you did it in the rebuttal. That was really cool. That was genius on your part. Very happy I got the win. I was very much worried. Ray, what are you thinking right now? Oh, you should have been worried, James, because I'm still not convinced, given the scenario that Frank laid out, that Carnage is actually the loser of this match. (laughs) I think this is, I think what Frank actually described was a Carnage victory. (laughs) He just mistook it for an invincible victory. I will, I mean, look, I believe in the rules. I believe in fair play. Look, I am not one who cheats. I am not one who bends or breaks rules. I am not one who looks for cheap tactics to victory. I like to win with my ultimate strength and knowledge and abilities. Frank, I will accept your decision, despite the fact that you described Carnage's victory and then said (laughs) Invincible wins. In fact, there should be a poll on the Who Would Win page because... Anybody listening to this and anybody who heard Frank's story clearly came away with Carnage as the victor, except for the one person who mattered, and that would be Frank Todaro. So that's okay. I want the people to end up deciding this. If Frank's story holds true, who wins the battle, Invincible or Carnage? This could be the most controversial decision in who would win show history, and I'm not just saying that because I had a chance to win Mainstream March tonight, and it did not happen. So you're saying that we had a whole who would win battle. We had one of our greatest judges of all time, and we came to a conclusion that was very close after a very well hard fought battle. And you still want to f- ask everyone else who won and debate this. 
Yes, Got it. the people need to decide this. That's fair. Sorry, Frank. You might have the official answer on the record books, but I think the people <laughs> should be the ones who ultimately decide this in their hearts. I personally would love to hear the metaphysical implications of who the symbiote is as separated from the man and who 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 you people out there in Radio Land think is the actual winner with my situation. That sounds great, but also invincible one. Yeah, exactly. You know, here's the thing, Frank. I was thinking about this matchup and I'm really trying to figure it out. And your point's a really good one. I think Invincible Carnage, then if we were to actually play this out, Invincible Carnage is a series I would read the crap out of. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I, I, I will say just for the technicality, though, by that logic, Venom is Spider-Man, and that's not the case. Venom is a symbiote who you can argue is like the ex-girlfriend of Spider-Man with intimate knowledge of him, and it feels jilted and has moved on and coupled with the rage of another entity, which is Eddie Brock, that's where the drama comes out. And then the morality of Eddie Brock is, comes to play, and that goes into it. He has this sort of back and forth with the symbiote. Now, Carnage is a little bit different in the relationship with the symbiote, but taking the symbiote away from Cassidy, I wouldn't say that that's the same character that would exist in a place where it could win this match. So Didn't the victory... Think we were going to get so metaphysical <laughs> in this episode, quite frankly. Hey, I, you bring me on, I'm going to talk about nerdy crap. Here so. we are. Here we are. <laughs> the greatness of Frank Todaro. Frank, uh, you know what? I mean, as, as successful as you are as a uh, voice actor, I think you have another career staring you in the face, being that weird guy at Comic-Con oh. who talks to people at the booth for way too long. Oh, I don't I know, I don't know how well, well that yeah. pays, by the way. I have no idea how well no. that pays, but that could be a thing. I've been that guy too, by the way. Not, Free not pretzel practical. nuggets with cheese sauce on it. That's all I ask for. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. All right. So, uh, Frank, again, thank you for for coming onto the show. Everyone loves having you on here. Uh, the fans go nuts whenever you're on here. Please tell everyone where they can find you. Well, somewhere in Burbank, but please don't try that. FrankTodaro.tv is my website. F Tadaro on Instagram, Frank Tadaro Voice on Facebook, and Frank Tadaro VO on Twitter. You just have to learn how to spell my name right, and that's about it. Very cool. All right, Ray Stacanus. This was possibly a top five performance by Ray Stacanus, in my opinion. Nothing to be ashamed of. You came out swinging. You repped Carnage really, really well. I'm proud of you, man. How do you, you know, tell, tell the audience where your head's at. Save your petty talk, James <laughs> Gapsy. <laughs> I yes. know who you really are. Don't you even try with me. Look, this was a top five race to Cadis performance, and I'm still convinced that I won this battle, quite frankly. Again, the people will decide. I'd like to read a little review right now that really stuck with me because I like to read five-star reviews on the show when I win the battle, and I just won. It's a five-star review that says somehow, please use more variety. Please use more variety in the show that brought us Savage Dragon, NFL Super Pro, and a host of others. Sure. But five stars, so I'm going to read it. One of my favorite things, it says, please use someone from Stranger Things and a Doctor Who character. Ooh. And this is from The Battle Midway. Well, The Battle Midway, might I suggest you go back to season one and listen to Doctor Who versus Rick Sanchez, a wonderful uh, episode of this show. Doctor Who himself has been used on the show, person leaving five-star review asking us to use a Doctor Who character. What if we use Doctor freaking Who? Know the show you're talking about, but thank you for the five-star review. You can find me at Almighty Ray on Twitter. Guys, awkward allies, I'm talking directly to you right now. <laughs> you saw what Frank said. You saw what James tried to nonsense in his point number three. You saw how I was forced to go outside the argument I was even comfortable with because of the dastardly nature of one James Gavsey busting through the rules once again. Guys, I'm not asking for your pity. 
I'm not, I'm, I'm not asking for that. What I'm asking for is your respect. Cause I think I have it. Cause you all know I won this battle at almighty Ray on Twitter. Tell me hashtag carnage wins. That's all I need to say. Hashtag IMF. Hashtag IMF in full effect. Hashtag intoxicating mind fog. Hashtag who would win empire. Let us know who you'd like to be in the who would win empire. We're still taking applications. I actually went through some of them. I just turned down someone who applied for treasure not too long ago. So that's wide open. Let me know what you want to do. Is emperor uh, still available though? I mean, you haven't made your decision on that though, right? Emperor's wide open. Oh, you just great. have to answer well, that third question one more time. I'm, I'm here. <laughs> Sitting by the phone. Okay, you should get an email very, very soon. <laughs> we'll see what happens. All right, now you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gads. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for your podcasts. And check out the Who Would Win website at www.whowouldwinshow.com to access all of our past podcast episodes. On behalf of myself, Race to Canis and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team. Thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, Give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say, breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's Breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.